Nissan episode 142 and it's me Gary P and of course the Prof Carl Riley. Hello. And we are still sponsored by Ocean Electrical and they are for all your electrical needs. Whatever you need, get in touch, contact us, contact them, Google them, do whatever you need to get all your electrical needs looked after. They are fantastic and uh, great lads. So yeah, we're going to review our FAI Cup semi-final win over Sligo. Look ahead to Saturday's final at the Aviva and we have our first ever interview with a Bowes fan. Yes, we had to sterilise the mics and we had to get new equipment after it. Um, who could it be, Prof? Why do we have to sterilise it, though? It was on Zoom. <laughs> yeah, it's <they laughs> got seeping through the pores of the of the equipment. Um, and we are debuting a new podcast feature where fans leave us a voice message and answer our questions about Sunday in the season. So, very, very uh, excited about that one, Prof. Considering we've been decimated by COVID as regards to quizzes and, and monthly madnesses and things like that. So, it's nice to have a bit of a... A bit of variety. Call it by its proper name, though, Gary. It's the Tifties Hotline. The Tifties Hotline. Yeah, <laughs> it's all eight hundred eighteen asterisk twenty six. We are currently looking for a. Oh no. We are currently looking for a secretary to <laughs> uh, voice our hotline. So if you have a sexy voice, we'd be interested. <laughs> we are taking males as well. If you, we're not, we're gender fluid here. So, a- AKA lazy podcasting. A- yeah. I don't even need the interview anymore. You just send me the content. That's it. There's enough voice messages going around anyway to fill it. So yeah, um, we're very very happy with this, and we have uh, been quite popular this week, Prof. Uh, top podcast test in East End topped a lot of people's list on Spotify, which is a deadly feature because it shows you it just compiles everything you've listened to and it yeah. gives you the amount of songs you listen to, what song you've listened to the most. And uh, we are giving out badges for those who have topped our list. Rob Lavelle is on the list of hatred. We came second to uh, last podcast on the left, so he is dead to us. Yep. So thanks, Rob. Um, we've we topped a lot of lists. Shazzy, yep. we topped Shazzy's list. We top two else, uh, quite a lot of people, so we're very, very happy with that and uh, very thankful for all the listeners who keep tuning into us, talk absolute muck. And I see you made yet another appearance, Gare, on the Between the Sheds podcast. Between the Sheds, yeah, it actually never happened because um, there was a bit of a miscommunication, so I think I think he kind of, 
he he went out and publicised it before we even had the interview and all. So I just I missed the deadline for it. It was a half five deadline. I I could only get onto the phone by half six. And then he had Royce but we'll reschedule anyway. I thought we killed him with our Conor Curran's kit a year ago. Yeah, or well, between the sheets behind the sheds. I didn't realise they were still going. So uh, yeah, that'll happen at another day. But the shops are open again, and Prof, I had a terrible, terrible um, experience with Umbro. Now I don't think they got it wrong to a certain extent, but it was just mayhem. So I ordered something for Jaden's birthday. It got it was a couple of days late. I think it was like ten days late. So I didn't get here. I ordered a Champions jersey. I ordered a boys tracksuit. I got some gear for myself. Turned up and the thing it was in Galway on a Wednesday. It was in Dublin on a Thursday. Went back to Galway on a Friday. Went back down, you know. Discover A couple of points in Air Square. Back up on the Saturday to Dublin. Got it on the Monday and the thing had been shredded to bits. There was no, there was half the half the package was gone. The, the driver pressed the doorbell and ran. Dropped it on the, on the doorstep. Pressed the doorbell and boom. Gone into his car and he screeched off. So I'm looking at him going, what are you doing? Knick-knack. There's a grown man doing knick-knack on the front door. And uh, in fairness to Umbro, they did uh, sort it out. But yeah, well, I'm kind of experienced that myself as well. Like one of the last packages I got, he was across the road in the car. <laughs> he throw it. I opened the door. And I was like, "What the hell?" And he just shouted over, "It's on your doorstep." <laughs> At least you got what was in it. Yeah. But yeah, so uh, I'm trying to shop them an on post contract at the minute, so uh, everyone could be a winner in the end. So we had our fans, they paid the players a visit at training on the Roadstone Saturday morning the day before the game and they inspired them onto a 2-0 win versus Sligo. So they surrounded the Roadstone with flares and pyro and everything and social distancing was in place and it was a great a moment, a great occasion for the lads and just a bit of appreciation for winning the league, you know, a bit of inspiration to kind of go on and beat Sligo. So. Yeah, they probably think we're nutters, but nice, nice show of support. <laughs> yeah. I even Saturday saw- morning, 10 in the morning. <laughs> I even saw our activities flag. Does Tommy just own that now? Yeah, I think he's using it as a bed sheet at this stage or he's using it as a tablecloth because the other one is still floating around Cushlan. Not know where it is. The original Bulmers one, we have to get that back. Actually, here's the plea. Can someone please, if you have a Bulmers Rovers flag, it belongs to us. It has Rovers written on it in the Bulmers writing. Time dedicated to hoops. I didn't even know we were missing that flag. If that is, it is, it's gone missing. So if it's it's around Tallis somewhere, Cushlan, Faircairn, if it's around there, please, can you return it to Tommy Kelly? Or me or the prof because uh, it's mm-hmm. our first flag and it's a bit of every stain tells a story on it so it's there's a, a nostalgic history yeah a bit of history yeah Jack had that uh, on Instagram straight away so he he clearly loved it yeah he kind of ruined the, the fucking yeah. surprise though didn't he yeah <laughs> I was actually interviewing Shane Robinson for the documentary uh, when that happened I don't know if you've seen this but there's a con- there's a container in Rosedown it's beside the dressing rooms yeah another one it's like a little. Sh- little shed and it's like has like a tactics board and you can have tea and coffee and you can pull the projector down and he was saying that the, the academy kids can like watch videos and stuff in there so we were just there interviewing them about whatever like sandry or something next thing you just hear pop 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 pop, pop. <laughs> and the like group is just looking up like a battlefield yeah yeah so that is uh, that's that uh, we're so going to move on so you mentioned Umbro Gare I yes, see, I yes, see the pink yes. is making a comeback I saw that was that a jersey or was that a training top uh, I think training top pink jersey look very cool now the pink right. the pink crest wrong. look yeah. very cool now it looks smart Barry will be happy Barry will be very happy the joint marshmallow bounce around Norway <laughs> remember him charging the casuals Norway his, was brilliant man his, his pink jersey and his man bag so uh, Prof I'll let you introduce introduce this one the Tifties hotline 
Yeah, we have our first batch of collars. So uh, it's going to be 10 all together here today. This is the first five. And uh, it's a nice mix of people, I think. You've got a few volunteers. you got an ultra. you got an ex-player. and uh, Time traveller. Yeah. None of them have made an appearance on Tifties this year. That was the criteria. In fact, half of them have never been on the show before. So some new voices. Uh, different ages. Uh, most of them had seen... More than two cup finals. One of our callers was probably old enough to remember the first ever final. Yeah. In 1922. But maybe he just didn't want to brag, so he didn't bring it up. Yeah, yeah, So, we're going to start with Jason Maloney, Mark Turner and Jade Thomas. Since they're the only ones who forgot to say their names at the start. That's well, why I'm giving you their names. So, well done, lads. Well done, lads, yeah. You had one job. Yep. So, here's the lads. Right now, I'm not 100% sure where I'll be watching the cup final on Sunday. Hoping to get into a pub and watch it with like-minded hoops or with someone, someone's organised or something, you know, better where we can, you know, a few of us can gather together. Um, I'd rather be drinking cans of Guinness or large bottles of bummers, depending on the venue and where we finally end up. I've actually seen Rovers playing in nine cup finals. Um, first one was 78, last one was actually last year. Uh, Best memory probably was best person on was actually I know we didn't win us the game but actually Aaron McInnes penal last year because for all intents and purposes I thought we'd won it at the end of 22 years of grief didn't enjoy the penalty shoot it was just a huge release of pressure and emotion so we just physically drained after that worst moment from a cup final I would say would be 1991 against Galway we are so full sure. That we are going to win the game in Lansdowne Road. We think we'd beaten Carl. We hammered them a couple of times in the league that year. And then we were beaten by a late John Glenn goal. I've actually done something that I've never done on a match before or since. I just took it through away my scarf. Actually, absolutely disgusted at the final whistle. Watching Rovers during the pandemic in 2020. Well, I've actually been fortunate enough to be at a, a lot of games, you know, and I do feel privileged and I don't, you know. <clears throat> think I deserve it more than anybody else, but an opportunity arose that I have been there. You know, I went to the first game through an article of the program. I've been at the game. So watching this team play and watching it in with no crowds is a bit surreal. But what you can do is hear everything goes on on the pitch. And just to listen to the players and how driven they are, you know, and the shouts and the drive that they're on, particularly the likes of Joey and Pico. And to just, to just not letting up, this team can be, you know, whether they're 1-0 up or 5-0 up, it's the same drive and desire in the team to see the game out and to try and keep a clean sheet. Um, as well as, well, like most of us, like, I haven't seen a lot of the away games and so I'm up watching the, the Finn Harps game, the cup game there a few weeks ago when we made Vinnie Collins and we couldn't get it on a tablet or the telly and the two of us were sitting like a couple of metres apart on our phones watching the game simultaneously but the feed, there's about two seconds difference between the feed at various intervals for either of us. So maybe they have to jump up two seconds ahead of Vinny when uh, the OG went in to give us a 3 to lead. And the fact that Rovers came back, you know, in 2020, you know, how good this team is. We'd all written them off, I'm sure, at half-time, 2-0 down. But, you know, the situation, watching it on a phone and the team coming back from that 2-0, that sums up Rovers 2020 and in the pandemic. Uh Player of the year this year for me is Pico Lopez. Jack has been absolutely brilliant. Jack, you're not voting on the best player in the league or the most talented player in the league. If we were, we know that Jack would win it. Hands down. Pat Bone would have won player of the year every year in Milltown. 
if that was if that was the case. But Pico's been outstanding. A bit of an injury towards the end, and then the, you know, and then he had to go away in international duty. But before that, he was top top class. You know, he's popped up for a few important goals as well. The goals, the goals he scores are never non-consequential. They're always really important goals, and he's been brilliant. You know, uh, so Pico for me this year, young player of the year, name scales. What a player this guy is. Rolls Royce of a defender. You know, what 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 a player we have on our hands and will we keep him long term? This guy will play for Ireland. I'm nothing sure about this. He has everything. He can defend, he can head the ball, he's pace, he can read the ball, he can pass it, he can bring it out. Super player. Superb. Uh, the highlight from Tales from the Eastern podcast this year. Lots of good interviews, uh, lots of good moments. Um but for me, uh, it was probably the interview with with Joey after we'd won the league, you know, not long after he won it. Just in the circumstances that were all, you know, brilliant, happy times, listen to Joey talk about his win the league. But you could just listen to Joey O'Brien talk all day. He's just so passionate about the game and he's just, you know, you just love love hearing him talking, you know, about what, his knowledge of the game, you know, his, you know, he, he knows football. He knows how to win games. He knows what makes teams tick. And to listen to him, you know, talk <clears throat> about Rovers and how happy he is to play for our club, you know, just brilliant. Yeah, well, it's still early days in the week and uh, we're just waiting for uh, the government to come out with what kind of restrictions are. But we'd obviously love to all be in the Viva Stadium. So we're just, uh, there's a few of us heading, we're going to head into town or maybe Rings End and meet up with as much fans as possible and see what we do. And on the day, like, we'll make the most of what we can and... Just say, uh, hopefully we get the win. And I'd say, uh, say I might be drinking the Guinness. Uh, I've seen Rovers in uh, three cup finals. Uh, the first one being in 2002. We were beaten by Derry, Liam Coyle. And on the day, like it was just, uh, things didn't work out for us on the day. Like it was just, there was no feel to it really. As someone p- pointed out before, like the players are turning up in different car, car in their own cars. And then uh, the floodlights, the floodlight going on fire and all it was just a mad day and it was a great game we didn't even sell out our allocation so that was probably the, one of the worst memories in the FA Cup final but it was my first one so then we moved on to 2010 then and 2010 was just a poor game like it was really we won the league that year but it was just it was a poor game like and uh, it was a great crowd in the Aviva 36,000 but the game itself was just poor and nil all was probably a fair result and then slowly got beat some penalties. We missed every penalty. So this but last year I have to say, uh, it was just a great day from start to finish, like uh meeting up in Rings End, the march into the Viva and then it was a great game of football. Another huge crowd and to go one nil up and then to bring us back to one all Dundalk to bring us back to one all was just the emotions were high but then to get the job done on, pen, on penals was just excellent it was a great memory there yeah this season has been very strange to be honest like uh, we were there for the first five games of the season it was going very well and then the pandemic struck and we just had to deal with watching Rovers on the telly watching Rovers on Watch LOI whatever and then uh, the Rovers uh, social media as, along with the WhatsApp groups have just kept us all together and kept us all we haven't missed a kick of the ball this season so listen it's strange not being there but we've had to deal with it so hopefully we can just finish off on Sunday now and a good good result yeah player of the year was a very tough one for me there was a lot of great performers performers as in Jack Bourne was excellent Ronan Finn 
uh, Aaron McInerney. There's lots of you could keep on going on, but for me, it has to be Pico Lopez. The man has been unbelievable this season, and uh, he's just getting better and better as the seasons went by. And this season is just been excellent. He's rock at the back for us. The young player of the year. Uh, it was like it was a, it was a bit easier, I have to say. I have to go with Liam Scales. Uh, what a sign and that that lad has been, and just the future's bright with him at the back line. But I thought he was very well. He played very well throughout the season, so had to go to him. But also another show had to go to Brian McCavney, who's been excellent in the fourth division for the Rovers two team. So yeah, that's it. Yeah, one of the highlights has to be the Joey O'Brien interview just from recently. Uh, the way he speaks about the club, the his passion for his club is just—it's clear to see. Like, and Joey's become a real club legend, like in my opinion. And long may it continue, and his performance on the pitch are still great as usual. So long may that continue. Another good one was Gary Shaw. I, I really enjoyed that one, and also Robbie Gaffney. He's entertaining as usual. So yeah, that was a, that was a good few highlights. It's been a great season for the Tales from the East and. And next year looks listen just more the same. It's a great outlet for the club for the fans of the club to get news about the club. So just long may it continue. So where'll I be watching the final with who I drink and what? You know, to be honest, everything that's going on, it's anywhere that's gonna let us in. We've tried a few places in town, but I haven't gotten confirmed yet, and you know, it's the usual section lads who would all be out together and drinking together and I think after the controversy in the group chats over the cans of Guinness, it has to be Guinness all the way for the day. You know, get a proper full point of it and none of this widget shite or any of that talk. Uh, how many cup finals have I been at for Rovers? Only two. But 2002 was just a bit too early for me, you know, the, the game against Derry. But uh, I've actually been to more cup finals without Rovers than Rovers when I'm thinking back of it. Uh, best moment, personally, for me is either... The celebrations after the Mac and F goal, you know, it was just insane feeling. The whole crowd going nuts. But, like, on a more personal level, just me and thinking of me and the lads, you know, definitely seeing the display being pulled off last year and how good it looked on the telly, how good it looked on the other the other side of the ground, you know, seeing pictures and videos of it being sent and the way people people were talking about it, you know, it's just it's really good to see something you've put so much so much work into be pulled off like it in the way it did and the amount of time and effort we put into that, it's just really good to see how it was pulled off and how well it looked. The worst moment is probably the same as everyone else's, the equaliser, although I didn't even see it. I was turned around in the stand, looking at everyone else, just looking at everyone, people going mad and seeing the flares and the flags waving about. I didn't even see the goal. I just heard the, the dark fans screaming and shouting, so that was fairly fairly sickening after the the McInniff Penno a few minutes before. Uh Rovers in 2020, only one, only a couple of words I can really sum it up. It's just bittersweet. You know, it's delighted with the way the, the league went and delighted to get to another cup final, but it's an absolute killer not being able to see the team play in the flesh, especially how good they're playing. Playing like pretty much at their peak, the best I've probably ever seen the Rovers team play. You know, it's good not to be able to be there. Five games at the start just wasn't enough to really appreciate how good we were playing. I don't think anyone expected us to go so well and see how well we were doing but so we didn't really appreciate it but look next year another year hopefully we get just as good performances who knows um player of the year this year you know it's again tough call with such with the whole team playing so well you know you can pick anyone those anyone in the squad and say that they're they're in the running for player of the year but 
it has to be Pico for me with how far he's come over the last few years and you know how steady he makes the team. You can see the difference with him in and out of the team. Just look at the Harps game there a few weeks back. First half, we were completely all over the shop at the back, you know, whether it was nerves or whatever it is, but then Pico comes in and completely changed it. You can just see what a rock he is at the back, and it's, it's great to see from where he was at the start when he signed for Rovers. Young player of the year, again, it's the exact same thing. You could pick any of the young lads out, but for me, it's a toss-up between Dylan Watts and Scales. You know, I think I've seen one of the lads say that Watts has been involved in every single game this year. Like, it just shows how important he is to us, and all his hard work seems to go under the radar a lot with, McInniff and Bourne in midfield and then Scales has just been you know one of the standards in the best defence of the league so you can't not think about him best part of the podcast this year is probably the Joey O'Brien interview you know it's refreshing to see a player talk with such honesty about the club and about how do you want to go you know it's it's just a casual way casual chat about the club and how they're getting on you know it's I think it's a really good good way to talk to the players it's not formal sit down interview just to sit down chat almost as if you're having a cup of tea or a pint with the players and I think the best side of them comes out there and you learn a bit more about them through that Lee Barnwell former club member Mr. Direct Debit didn't he we've good plans for the match we should have a good group together but um, I will not be revealing those plans for fear of being arrested in these uncertain times but um Absolutely can't wait for the day. Can't wait. Can't wait to see the lads. Can't wait to get the points in. And fingers crossed we do the business. Seen Rovers in three cup finals now. 2002, Tolka. Then the Aviva under Michael O'Neill. And then obviously um, under Bradzer. When we won number 25. Um, best personal moment from a final. Well, it's obviously got to be winning it under Brad's out, isn't it? It was absolutely oh, fucking some day, wasn't it? We got such a long wait. Um, so, yeah, it was brilliant. Probably may never have a day as good as that following the hoops again, you know. Just live with us for the rest of our lives. Um, worst, worst personal moment. Um, do you know what? 2002 really hurt. It actually hurt more. Then when we lost it under Michael O'Neill, I suppose, under Michael, under Michael O'Neill, we were champions and we thought we'd be up there forever. And um, so, yeah, it was a blow, but it wasn't. We, we got over it, you know what I mean? We got over that fairly quickly. I think we were just glad of the day out and we, we kind of thought we'd come again quickly. Whereas in 2002, when I was only young at the time, it was about 11 or something, but that really hurt because you kind of knew you were lucky to be there. You kind of knew um, you might not be there again for a long time. And yeah, that was that was a that was a tough old day, I have to say. Um, dirty beaters. Um, so yeah, I've actually really enjoyed watching Rovers during the pandemic. To be honest with you, kind of settled into the routine of getting a few cans on a Friday night and sitting down and watching the match with my dad, my brother, my young lad. And um, the team are just such a joy to watch that um, it's just been brilliant. Um, obviously, you can't replicate away days and all that sort of thing, but it's not like everyone is in the same boat, you know what I mean? Every country nearly. So... Um, yeah, well, I think we've <laughs> we've been lucky that we've just been so good during the pandemic. 
it wouldn't be very enjoyable if we were mid-table or down the bottom, you know what I mean? Um, you mightn't even bother watching it half the time on the box. Player of the year for me, I suppose the obvious one is Jack Bourne, who's just been immense. So I'm not going to go for Jack Bourne, just to not, so I'm not stating the obvious. But um, Pico Lopez has, he deserves it every bit as much as Jack Bourne, in my opinion, you know. Um, Jack is going to get the spotlight on him because he's scoring the goals and he's got the assists. But Pico was just putting in unbelievable displays at the back every week. Um, I've never seen a player improve as much as I've seen Pico improve. I didn't think he'd cut it after seeing him. He didn't know if he was a centre-half or a midfielder. He had good enthusiasm, but like he wasn't great on the ball. He wasn't commanding at the back. He was switching off. He was making mistakes, and I just thought, mm, I don't think he'll be around too long. And honest to God, this season, and most of last season, he has been probably, in my opinion, the best centre-half I've seen in the league. I swear to God, I'm not just talking about Rovers. Um, that's I think if he keeps up his current form, like he's absolutely flawless at the moment. He's, um, he's a rock, he's athletic, he's quick. He's not the biggest, but he wins wins every header. His ball playing at the moment is fantastic. Um, I just can't. It's it's not often you see a player who was uh, at his age whose um, football ability improves so much. Technical ability, he he doesn't give the ball away, you know. So I'm actually gonna go for Player of the Year, Pico Lopez, and Young Player of the Year. Stay at the back. Um, Scales, Scales, he's been brilliant, hasn't he? Um, he won a two rocky moments near the start, but he's really settled down, and he looks like um he's gonna be a serious, serious centre half. We're just blessed at the back, aren't we? When you think of the way I've talked about Pico and Scales, and you haven't even mentioned Grace and Joey O'Brien, who are two two fantastic defenders as well. So um, we're just spoiled at the moment, aren't we? I think the show has gone downhill, to be honest with you, since uh, since I left. I only came in for one show. Ratings went through the roof. And then I left at the top, you know. So, um, yeah, for next year, maybe you should get me back on the show, get the numbers back up, and myself and the prof will make the podcast great again. Hi, my name is Craig Giltrap. I'm from Tallaght and I've followed Rover since I was five when we moved to Tallaght back in 2009. My first game was the opening day of the 2009 season away to Bray. I'll be watching the cup final in my house with my dad. I've seen Rovers playing two cup finals, 2010 when we lost to Sligo and last year against Dundalk. My best personal memory from the cup finals was the March last year and seeing all the faces of the Rovers fans when we won it. My worst personal memory from the cup final would be Duffy's equaliser at the last kick of the game. 2020 has been a weird year supporting Rovers. I got to the two home games before lockdown and the Dundalk game had a great atmosphere around it. I'd never thought it would be the last time I'd be down watching Rovers. Losing a lot of people over this pandemic including the likes of Big Deck, Al and Anthony really made me think about the club so much because it's like a family. I've watched anything and everything Rovers since the restart whether it be the senior or the B team I watch it. My player of the year this year would be Pico Lopez. The importance 
of him in our defence has really shown this year. He has developed so much since we signed him back in 2017. My young player of the year would be Liam Scales. The lad uses class whenever he's on the ball and he's still on the young. I'd also like to give a mention to Brandon Kavanagh, who has done amazing in the B team and probably should get his opportunity next year with the senior team. In my opinion, my two highlights from the podcast this year was when Danny North went after Owen Harry and Stephen Beatty and the tattoo episode in general, both were really good shows. In the new year, hopefully when this is all over, we can listen to the monthly madness episodes that we all love. So that's the lads and uh, Lee Barmall and fighting words. Yeah. Those are fighting words. So bare knuckle, bare arsed. <laughs> well, we know he'll be bare arsed. Covered in Vaseline. <laughs> that's a given. That's how we're going to fight in the car park in the roads now. Coming for your job. Um, yeah, so this is a great idea. The Tifty's hotline. And then... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, great stuff so far. So you'll hear more of them later on in the show. So we move on to the football side of things. And we beat Sligo 2-0 in Tallaght on Sunday to qualify for the FAI Cup final for a second successive year for the first time since 87. And the double is on. And the most uneventful semi-final in the history of semi-finals. Um, very, very uneventful. But we're creating history once again. And the double is on. Prof, the team. Mm-hmm. Borky up top in the absence of Aaron Green. And Marshall started and Finn moved to centre mid. So uh, give us your thoughts on that. I'll just I'll give you a stat on it. It's the first game Aaron Green missed this year. Wow. Uh, so him, Jack, Finner and McAniff have all only missed one game each. So that leaves Alan Manis and Dylan Watts as our only ever presence in all the competition. That was a great stat. I couldn't believe when yeah. I heard it. Watsy, so obviously Watsy featured off the bench quite a lot. but Not many people would have predicted that one. No, not a chance. Not a chance. I went for McAniff, but he missed Waterford, didn't he? Mm-hmm. That's the game Finner missed as well. Jack missed Finn Harps. Was that the Ireland call-up? It was the one to start of last month. It would have been, yeah. Yeah. So we Pico Lopez. Pico Lopez? Pico Lopes. <laughs> Pico Lopes ruled out because he got a late text about being on the same flight from Cape Verde as a passenger who tested positive for COVID a couple of weeks ago, but Pico himself has tested negative. So close call for Pico. And, that was um, a farce. Yeah, it's madness. He could, apparently they got the text on like Wednesday night or something, or even and Thursday. The fact it's a text as well. You got to pick up the phone. Like, uh, I don't know the Cape Verde accent. <laughs> Isa got the COVID. What don't ask me why. I just pictured the Paul McGrath. Are they McGrath. Jamaican? Is that Jamaican? I just pictured the Paul McGrath. Here you're racist now, father. Oh, Picture yeah, popping up. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's that's a shit show altogether, that is. But um, yeah. yeah, we spoke about him being in Rwanda and Cape Verde as well. So it was a nice little holiday from. And big, big news as well. Everybody absolutely delighted and chuffed to see Greg Bulger named amongst his substitutes after a serious injury he suffered in July. And it wasn't long ago we had him here in the uh, in Prof's lair. Yeah, and, crutches um, and all. Crutches and all. And uh, he, he, we were talking about him getting back and probably not playing again this season. And he's had a, a marvellous or miraculous recovery. So it's great to see him back on the pitch. I'm trying to think back now. Was he actually helpful of making the last few weeks of the season? I don't think he was. Was it? Well, he was always kind of upbeat, but I don't think he really set his stall out to think that he was going to. He just wanted to get himself right forced. You know what I mean? He didn't want to, don't think he wanted to take a chance. It was effectively a leg break, wasn't it? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it was. And that was in July, and now it's November. I mean, that's so he's just working hard, getting himself he into the gym, working hard. That was ahead of schedule yeah. for sure. But uh, Brazzer was suspended again. And he suspended again for the final. It's ridiculous. But 
So he was standing in front of the suite at one stage. Will he be caught shadow coaching? <laughs> shadow coaching. I'm just yeah. trying to think, you know, when you shadow box, you're like, what What way do you shadow coach? You're like, yeah, 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 go left, go left, go left, go left, go left. But you're up, you're up in the, are you doing it into your shadow? Are you coaching into your shadow? Like they do shadow boxing? Or are you, like, what way, how do you define shadow coaching? I've no idea. Is it something to do with how you communicate with your assistant? Yeah, I think he was, I think he was pretty much behind Keegan. Yeah, man, yeah. and he was just telling them what to do, so you can't do that. Yeah, so I had Brazzer in front of the Swede giving instructions, like, so bizarre to watch that. Great picture of well, as well on Sports File of uh, Brazzer being offered a Jaffa cake by Phelan Warren, yeah. who declined. Not a fan of Jaffa cakes. Who turns down Jaffa cake? Here's the thing is a Jaffa cake a biscuit or a cake? Uh, not enough time to get into that. I think if you, I'll, I'll get delved briefly into it. I think. I think biscuits can be dipped into tea and hot drinks. I don't think cakes can. So for me, it's possibly a biscuit. No, it's a cake. Because you, you dip a Jaffa cake into a cup of tea, you probably deserve a couple of months in prison. <laughs> if you put a gun to my head, I'm saying cake. Yeah, it's a cake. It is. It's a cake. Officially, get, give us your thoughts on that. It's a Jaffa cake, a biscuit or a cake. Um, yeah, so that is uh, good to see Greg back and up and running and back and motoring and hopefully nice and fit for next season. And he could possibly have another cameo role in this Sunday's final, but I don't. I doubt it. Um, well, we saw last year. I mean, he was man the match in extra time. Yeah, yeah, man the match in extra so time. So if it does go to extra time again, he, he could get game time. Yeah, he's been he's been very little, and we had Barry Baird as well. One of our resident bogies seems to think he's going to start. So he's uh, I think he's off his head. <laughs> don't think Green. Poor be. poor day ships getting to bury. Yeah, them. it's getting to him. But another big loss. Prof I thought was Greener, the lack of Greener, and it just shows the how much he brings to the team. And he's the yeah. sp- he's involved in the spine, isn't he? He's one of the foundations of the team. So we really did miss him. Some people seem to be only recognising his importance now that he was missing. It was like they had to wait until this moment to see how crucial he is to the way we play. It's, t- it's typical, isn't it? Though? You only miss yeah. him when they're gone. We've been saying on the show for a long time that be careful what you wish for mm. when you wish when you want a different striker instead of Green because he's so important to this team. There's no one else currently out there that could do the job he does with the work rate he does. Bar maybe Hoban, but Hoban's mm. attitude stinks for me. I think possibly it, it mm. wouldn't work out. Plus, why would you even talk about an alternative when Green is there and he's had the season of his life and he's one of the main characters in the team? How could you replace a guy like that? He it just brings them together. He he defends from the top. He's absolutely fantastic. Had a stunning season. And any other team, if this team wasn't so good, he'd be he'd be a standout for player of the season. It's just everybody's performed this year. Jack, mm-hmm. Pico, there's so many good players in this team. He he's scored f- he scored big goals this season. Exactly. He the, scored he scored winners in one nil games, three two games. So we're all willing him on and hoping he's gonna start. He's back running apparently is what we're hearing as well. Or is he? Because we don't know if Dundalk are listening to this. He's actually on crutches. <laughs> in severe pain. He's still in the hospital right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, unfortunate for Green, but hopefully we have him back for the final. Our pals, the Ultras. Enough is enough. Um, they're never going to live that down, are they? So the Ultras banner prof are all pals, and it's in the stands that claim, claim what is rightfully ours. And uh, nothing more apt than that because yep. the FAI Cup is Rovers isn't it it's our cup it's our cup and um, an L3 some I'm hoping for an L3 some on Sunday league cup little smooch left and right oh you're going to get all you're going to get both of them oh yeah oh yeah 
<laughs> so yeah, that's uh, the ultras. And wonder what their plans are. I wonder if they're gonna meet up outside of Aviva or at like that, or if they have any plans. I'm sure they do. But once again, it's a it will talk about the the goings on of this Sunday and see what we're gonna do because it is it's it's very tough. But to, we, we heard from Jay earlier, but. Uh, we'll see if is he on the same page as Figra and Sean and, and all mm, them it's very hard to make plans though it really is uh, with the prof with a programme in the article about the doc and once again prof you've knocked it out of the park and once again the, I'm getting giddy and fuzzy thinking about this documentary uh, are you going to have any um, cool The Shield type montages like the one <laughs> I was talking about where it's you and you're just setting up your camera and it looks at you and you're like, yeah. <laughs> a couple of cool mo- montages are always great. We'll try for some montages, but no. Not, not, any, not anything like The Shield and Big what, Mackey. What movie was that, the one I was thinking about? Uh, yeah, was it C- Captain America? Or not Captain America. Team America. Montage. Oh, yeah. That's the one I'm Gonna get to... a montage. Yeah, that's the one I'm trying to think of. Yeah, that program is uh, still available to buy. You can get a physical copy or a digital uh, copy so it is available on the site Get that is the last one of the season so pick it up yeah pick it up uh, fantastic publication as usual and a quick note on the fundraiser we cleared 3000 so again massive thanks to everybody who, who gave perhaps going to be eating steak for a while <laughs> congrats to James Lowe who won my 13 euro challenge ah <laughs> did he yeah so the less we talk about prizes issued to James Lowe the better so a vague prize May or not, may or may not be on its way to you in an undefined period of time. <laughs> yeah. Lost in the post. <laughs> so that is the doc and the program and everything that goes with it. And we'll talk about the game now itself. And four minutes in, McAniff, he scores belters all the time. This not so much. Bit of a tap in, but he had to do the hard work. Scruffy goal from a corner. Scruffy goal from a corner, but they all count, don't they? Yeah, so keeper. Saved the first ever, didn't he? And then yeah. who Mac- who Mac- got the header? Email. Who who got the header? Was was it Finn? I couldn't, I couldn't make it out. I couldn't that's make the, it out that's either. The, huh? That's the thing about watching it online again. Once again, like watching your team on the TV, it just it's so wrong. It's all about the the Jack Byrne shuffle. My opinion. Yeah, it is. I, I think it bamboozles everybody. It does bamboozle people because <laughs> they're looking at his feet and they're mesmerized. <laughs> but uh, both goals came at great times, didn't they? Yeah. This one was early. The second one was just before. Uh, half time and but this first one was exactly what you need like this was a big cup semi-final like you said it was uneventful in the end and it was pretty comfortable yeah except for that Stigel did have a good spell but it could have been one of those tense games that scarred us until the error mark you know this just changed yeah so we we definitely I, I think like you said uneventful profit just they have a decent enough spell then before the goal but other than that, it was it was one like we said, most uneventful. It was a long spell on fairness. It was ten to fifteen minutes. Roland Cochran they, had they came into joke. the game. Yeah, they had a couple of chances. There was a few scrambles. We had to defend. Uh, we had to call in Big Al a couple of times, but he did well to get his his body behind the ball. There was a shot from close range, and there was a header as well. But uh, as usual, Big Al, nothing, nothing gets by him. Well, nothing at all. Uh, second goal, prof. McInef again and I loved this goal because he just saw the, the Red Sea parting yeah. as a did you see the view from behind stu- the goal oh it was brilliant oh, brilliant just the way it. he darted into it and he was so confident to run with the ball and the striker with his left foot into the bottom right corner and a superb goal and finish from Aaron Mack who was having the season of his life 
This was totally out of the blue because this was immediately after this Sligo spell. Mm. And I was thinking to myself, he's, he's, this is very Jack Bourne-esque, the way he's approaching the ball and the way he's running with it and advancing with yeah. it and he buried it with his left. I love this. This is, this is excellent. Four goals in two games. So he is on fire at the minute, yeah. Aaron McAniff. So halftime, uh, he called halftime just after that goal. So we went in 2 0 up and pretty much game over, to be honest. We had uh, some bizarre weather in this game because it wasn't a bad day in Tala. And you had the Sligo keeper, McGinty, just signed a two year two year deal, by the way. Yeah. Maybe Big Al phoned him and said, that's when I'm retiring. So just, <laughs> yeah, just stay there in, for yeah. two years. Just just groom him for us there, Sligo. <laughs> so McGinty had to wear a cap in the first half because the sun was so bad it was in his eyes. Second half, he was facing the square end and he would have watched thick fog descend on the stadium. Descend on the stadium. Pirates and John Carpenter. Just involved. <laughs> yeah. This just came out of nowhere, like just went from a nice day to very cool. Take fog. So second half chances for Watson Borkprof. We uh Yep. Pretty much dominated. Did you see the rasping volley Bork had? Is that the one you're talking about? The one that went over. Yeah, any yeah. anywhere below the crossbar that's bursting the net. The, these two were very two similar chances, I thought. The ball fell nicely to both of them at close range. But uh, they couldn't keep it down. So yeah, both shot over. The Watsy chance as well. Uh, refresh my memory on this one, Puff. Like I said, it was similar. It fell to him like on the right corner of the box. This is in front of the sale stand. And he just got under and shot over. So it was like similar to Berkey. Mm. So that's... Uh, and, and like we said, the highlight of the game was Greg Bulger coming off the bench, I think. And to see him back running around and getting stuck in and flying at the tackles... It's a big, big plus for any team. So, um, yeah, fantastic. See, you got a you got a stand invasion. Obviously, not a huge number of people in the the West End, but every one of them were on their feet, applauding them, delighted to see him back. And he was doing interviews afterwards, and uh, he said he was emotional because, like we touched on earlier, he was back sooner than expected. Probably thought he played no part in a potential double, but. Uh, yeah, he said he, he said it was a hard five months, but he stayed positive. And uh, here he is, yeah. Good to see him back. I was interviewing Brazzer, and then he goes to me, uh, you'll probably tell me, but I don't know the last time a team did an unbeaten double. And so he was talking away, and I was thinking about it as he was talking. And then we wrapped up the interview. And so all the media are in the East End now. So he he was walking over to the East End and I just showed at him. I said, 1925? <laughs> he goes, he goes, what? I'm beating double. And he goes, you're good. Mm. I didn't realise he was going to use that though. And then I opened up the... Plagiarism prop. I opened up the mirror the next day and I just see the headline, Bradley Bradley gone for a first unbeaten double since 1925. Where's my props? <laughs> Where's my props? Yeah, I didn't know he was going to use it, but no, that was cool. So yeah, Maloney as well. Maloney is schooled in the dark arts, and he excelled in his role as ball person yeah. at this game, and uh, was endured a bit of stick. Who was the player again? I forget who he said. I didn't write it down, unfortunately. But yeah, uh, he Buckley maybe. Maloney was called a fool. Yeah, 
for taking. I remember this exactly. I remember he just took his sweet fucking time getting the ball. I think he dropped it at one stage. Well, he does have an injury and a bad back, so he has to be very careful. This is all a medical condition, all on paper, all above board, so it's legitimate. Do you know the classic, like, you bounce the ball twice as if you're about to throw back, but then you just kind of lose control of it? <laughs> Listen, his ball skills aren't great. Yeah. You can't blame him on that. A ball boy, it is a young man's game. I think that showed there. Mm. But, uh, no, excellent work. Yeah, overall performance is probably, I think, for me, McInnett was brilliant. Um, I liked, I liked, uh, I thought Marshall was very good as well. It's good to see him finally get a bit more game time, a bit yeah. of per, per consistency, as I think he's going to be a fucking player. Every time really. I see him, I, I like him more and more. Yeah, he's so direct, isn't he? Yeah. Um, McInnett again, obviously he got the two goals. I think a beauty seeing Cavo play well. Yeah. I love Cavo's little step overs where he turns in he just wants to go players he's a joy to watch he really is best left foot in the league in the land uh, Jack unfortunately couldn't couldn't get into the game a lot of the time off colour I think we'd say yeah just it? one of those days well, one of those days but it's not it's, um, listen you're allowed when, when you're playing so well I'll see you're allowed to have an off day you know yeah. what I mean once again another uh, display of excellent communication by Joey, stand on the fucking ball! <laughs> oh, Brian. <laughs> Where are the boxes? Ah, <laughs> uh, listen. Ah, uh, listen. You know. Yeah. Ah, uh, listen. I'm uh, listening, Joey. Ah, uh, listen. I'm fucking listening. <laughs> What's he said that about 17 times? He is just the... He's just the commander, isn't he? Yeah. Commander. You can only imagine them all there sitting, eating Ray's curry. There's a bit on your chin! There's a bit on your chin! There's a bit on your chin, Grainer! Wipe your chin. He's just—he's uh, just on the ball. What a what a what a guy though. So um, absolutely fantastic stuff again from Rovers, and we're back into another final with Dundalk. Moving on to our loud counterparts, they beat Athlone eleven 0 Let's see Wolan in the other semi-final, an all-time record win the FAI Cup. RTE chose to televise that game over as well doing RTE. Another absolutely bullshit decision. Um, crazy. Crazy stuff. Embarrassing. It really was. I turned it off after I think the tour de fork goal and I thought to myself it's gonna be a landslide on I just wasn't in the fucking mood to watch it. I really wasn't. I, I felt bad for the keeper as well, you know. Yeah, the keeper was making his debut, wasn't he? Just yeah, a teenager. A teenager. Still no reason to be losing eleven nil though. I mean that team beat fucking Shelburne. That team beat Shelburne four one and Shelburne held us to a scarlet draw. And I made sure to let a certain captain of Shelburne know. <laughs> about this incident a couple of times throughout the week so yep um, Dundalk minus one was 13 to 10 that is buying money minus one was 13 to minus 10 minus two ag- ag- against against that long lucky I had minus 10 <laughs> shout out to Veronica Costello on Robert Shaw who fancied an upset same before with, that game uh, Jerry Malone is it that Dundalk head case <laughs> I think Louis Oriel is that his name? Not too sure. He fancied an upset as well. Well done, that's You're great. Comparing him to Veronica, no, that's, that's, that's <laughs> a bit low. Mad stat as well. Dundalk scored more goals against Atlan in that game than Cork did all season. I was uh, throwing this one around tonight in work and I made sure that the two resident Cork City fans knew about it. And obviously they weren't happy with that as some stat, isn't it? How many League of Ireland players working? We have two fans, two Cork City fans, oh, but fans, we, we yeah. had a good start in 11 before. See the Waterford guys in there now? He is, Tyreek Wilson, left yeah. full. I've been on a sneaky scouting mission myself. 
<laughs> but it's a, it is a, it's it's a joke. It really was eleven nil, and I'm hoping. I think at one stage I saw their their right back with his arms doing a Jesper Blomqvist, his arms in his sleeves, and oh, he's just standing there shivering. <laughs> and I was like, get stuck in, will you? Like fucking hell. I love a Blomqvist reference. Yeah, that was great. he didn't. Uh, he didn't want to do it. So funny enough, uh, I was in work. Clearly, clearly, I was very busy because me and the guy I was working with, he challenged me to name Man United starting eleven in the nineteen ninety nine Champions League final. Ooh, and I was absolutely flying, and I named ten, and the two that most people would forget is Blankfist and Ronnie Janssen. He started. Yeah. Ronnie, Ronnie Janssen. Janssen I say most people forget him right I got to 10 and for some reason I couldn't remember one of the wingers obviously actually Beckham played centrally that day you forgot Blumfist no I forgot no I remember Blumfist oh yeah the player I forgot was Ryan Giggs oh wow well that's Shocking. allowed that's allowed Shocking it was yeah so that is it that's the FA Cup all wrapped up and we're into the final against Dundalk and it's on this Sunday and 6.40 kickoff as far as I think it is in 6.40 Mm-hmm. Can't wait for it. So we're going to move on to the Tifties Hotline and we have five more fans and we're going to answer five questions that we put to them. How are you, Carl? Yeah, um, Michael Cairns here, the whack. Um, just uh, where will I be watching the FAI Cup final? Uh, we're making a couple of plans, but there's no actual final decision, but uh, we'll definitely be out watching it somewhere, hopefully with uh, the current restrictions, but um, we'll definitely be out somewhere watching that's for certain. How many Cup finals have I seen? Well, I'll tell you, I've been seeing a good few, but my first one was 1978, and it was a mad day with the rain. Uh, John Giles uh, won the coupleus with it, with it, with Ray Tracy scoring the goal from the penalty spot um, in a horrendous day. The rain was incredible. It was probably on par with the modern rain, but uh, that was that was uh, my first memory. The worst memory was losing in 1991 to a last goal from Johnny Glynn in Lansdowne Road. That was horrendous. Because we really should have beaten them, and uh, a couple of weeks earlier we battled them in Terryland, but that was hard to take because we had no chance of coming back. And I remember in the game, Derek Swan and Vinny Arkins really should have put us one up. But look, we got on, we got over it, but uh, that was hard to take. And then, in fairness, uh, we 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 rallied the ship and we won the league in '94, and that 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 was great. Watching Rovers in 2020 has been really hard, even though we've been a lucky one to be in the ground. But I can say to everyone that hasn't been there, it's not the same. It really isn't the same, and it's not what you want. Um, it's cold atmosphere. It's it's just, it's hard. It's really hard. If, and at this stage, if someone said to me, do you want to go to your vehicle on Sunday? I'd say, no, 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 we don't want to be. I want to be around people that I know love the club as much as I do. Um, it'd be a better, better, better day for you. Player of the year for me, without a doubt, is Pico Lopez. I thought Pico has done fantastic. I know Jack is everyone's choice, and I understand why. I'd love to see him stay, but look, you never know what's going to happen in that end. But Pico, to me, has been outstanding, and his distribution from the back four has improved so much. He's the most improved centre-half in the league, without a doubt. And the highlight of the tales of the league stand, I'd have to say... I love the Tony Sheridan interview and uh, Derek Tracy and uh, Tony O'Dell. That they were they were excellent. There was a, there was a load of them though. I really enjoyed the the tales when I'm driving along, from job to job, my daily routine with work. Um, I think the podcast is absolutely brilliant. I think you do a great job, and I know the effort that goes into it. But you need you deserve massive credit for it. 
Um, and look, all roads lead to Sunday. Best of luck to the club, best of luck to the team, and best of luck to everyone out there that every day, that's what they think of. Let's win the double, which would be amazing since 1987. Amazing. And in fairness to Stephen Bradley, he deserves great credit, but he really deserves great credit on his purchases. The players he's bought in the last two years have every one of them have fitted into a system and fitted into the side. Gary O'Neill, Ferrugia, Scales, you know, it's absolutely incredible. He's bought the right players at the right time for the right system and it's paid off. And Bill Abus to him and his background staff completely, you know. I mean, uh, even the other day we've seen um, Aaron McIniff, you know, another great portrait. So, Fairness to Stephen, he's done, he's done fantastic, but to win us a league was amazing and the cup within 12 months and to do it again will be amazing. Thanks. Keep on hoping. Up the hoops. Craig Matten. Um, I'll be watching the cup final with the lads in my house. Uh, a couple of kegs in, bit of crack. I've been to two cup finals. Um, best memory, obviously, beating Dundalk last season. Great crack. Um, worst memory to 2010 final, the cold and that penalty shootout. Watching Rovers has been strange to say the least in the pandemic. Um, watch League of Ireland was a was a good show from them, I'd say. Um, but weird, can't wait to get back into the stadium. Player of the year would have to be Jack Bourne, for the simple fact he is the best player any of us will probably ever see play for Rovers. And hopefully it's not the last season, but if it is, I think he deserves to go out with that recognition. There's plenty of years for other lads to get player of the year. Um, mention for Pico in that one. Young player of the year would have to be Liam Scales. has been excellent at the back since he came in. Looks like a player a lot older than he is. Highlights from Ted's and the stand from this season would have to be, obviously, their wonderful sponsors. But um, now the interview of the likes of Shane Robinson, excellent. Um, who would we like to see in the future? You'd have to say the Mr. Outcome chairman, Jonathan Roach. I think he has some great stories to tell, and he can tell them freely now that he's not bound by the chairmanship. Daniel Cleary here. So, this year I'll be watching the cup final at home with my mum and my dad and my sister. Unfortunately, we won't be watching it in Lansdowne Road as we were last year, and that's where we really should be. But for this year, and hopefully this year only, it'll be at home. This is the third cup final that I see Rovers playing. I've seen last year's one against Dundalk and then the one in 2010 against Liga. The one against Derry was a little bit before my time. So the single best personal moment has obviously got to be Gary O'Neill putting that penalty away. And then the worst, there were a fair few of them that day against Sligo. There were some horrific penalties. I think Michael Duffy's goal last year was up there as well. I remember thinking, are we ever going to win this cup? Watching Rovers during a pandemic has been eerie. That's the best way I can put it. The ground shouldn't be that quiet. And it is. It's it's just completely wrong to have no fans in the terraces. And I, I can't wait till there's some sort of noise back in the ground. It's just completely eerie. And it, it, it just doesn't feel right. My player of the year this year, it's, it's hard to see past Jack Byrne. I mean, Joey O'Brien and Roberto Lopez have both been excellent this year and definitely deserve honourable mentions. But I just, I can't not give it to Jack. Jack is another level. And the young player of the year for me, there's only really one as well. And it's it's got to be Liam Scales. 
Skezzy has, has come in and he's just slotted perfectly into that defence. Uh, there's been a fair few few of the infielders who've performed particularly well for over two. Brandon Kavanagh's been really good. Kevin Zeffi's been really good. Um, Sam Curtis came in there towards the end and was very good as well. There were a fair few. Darren Nugent as well. But for me, it's got to be Skezzy for the young player of the year for, for just being in the, the first team. The test from the East Stand, as I'd say every year, is is just a brilliant resource to have as a Rovers fan to keep up to date and give you your fix for Rovers while you're you're waiting for for what it used to be Friday to come, but while you're waiting for match day to come now. And uh, with the the lockdown and the fact that there was literally nothing else to do, it's brilliant to have. My highlight this year has got to be Ricer's interview, just because Ricer is an absolute Rovers legend, and for me one of the best players I've ever seen in a Rover jersey. But, I mean, some of the other interviews have been really good as well. And to be honest, that's what I'd be pushing would be for more interviews with Rovers, Rovers legends like Robbo, like McBurn, like Reiser, like um, Tony Cousins, players like that. My name is Karen Connolly. This year I'll be watching the cup final at home with my dad and probably my sister's boyfriend, Butch. I've seen Rovers play in three cup finals, and the best personal moment for me was obviously winning last year, the first time to see it, and the worst memory from a final ever. It's hard to choose between Liam Coyle's goal or losing the penalties against Ligo. Watching Rovers during a pandemic has been bittersweet amazing because we won the league and shy because we can't celebrate it the way we want to this year my player of the year goes to pico some important goals my young player of the year is dylan watts he's just plays outstanding in every game um my highlight of the podcast this year Believe it or not, is actually listening to everyone's memories of the cup final last year. I've texted Gary a few times and just saying it gives me goosebumps listening to people's stories from last year because it was just sort of a massive day. Um, so keep them stories coming, I suppose. Padjo Flynn here, ex-player, current coach, current resident poet. <clears throat> I'm going to watch the final between Rovers and Dundalk in my house in Tallaght with my friend who cannot walk. But restrictions might not let us, cause COVID takes the piss. Then I'll have to watch it with my wife and with my kids. We'll get the nachos in and ice cream and some jelly and sit and watch the Rovers play on my 65 inch telly. We'll sing the songs of Mackiniff, Lopez and Bradley Ole. And if we win, we'll celebrate with a can of Coca-Cola. I've been to two cup finals, the first in 2010 and played a fucking stormer. So stepped up to take a pen. The stadium felt silent. And I never will forget. We hit the ball so sweetly. But it didn't hit the net. So that's my biggest disappointment. In a cup final that I've seen. It's even worse than when Alan Manis Turned his back on Iran Naveen. But 2019 as a fan. Was the best moment that I had. To see Dundalk get beaten. Made me more than glad. The streets were full in rings end. With loyal Rovers fans. And we marched behind a white horse with pyro flags and cans. 
We won the match and I kissed my kids and Graham, my best friend. And the flags flew up and rode on them. Legends are born in Ring's End. Watching Rovers in 2020 has been sadness mixed with joy. To see a brand of football only on Watch LOI. We missed the walk down Whitestown Way, holding hands with my two boys. And when we see the stadium lights, the excitement in their eyes. We miss the cold and blustery nights. I miss my balls being froze. But more than that, we miss live ball and miss us beating balls. The season it is nearly done now. A double is so near. But first I have to name the players of the year. For young I picked Dean Williams. For senior I picked Graham Bourke. His goals were great but most of all I loved the way he worked. He ran his bollocks off and his movement is so smart. He wore the green and white and he gave it all his heart. And the podcast has been great this year. The best in all the land, except for What's the Story podcast. And every week I love to hear the tales from the East Stand. My favourite podcast of the year, the one that had me buzzing, was when you had a legend on, my hero Tony Cousins. The person that I'd love on next, more than Twiggy, O'Neill or Sully. The man who brought me to the club, the legend, that's Pat Scully. Thanks for having me on and remember Dublin's heirs. And if you want to become a Rovers legend, kick a bow's man up the arse. So that was the whack, Craig Matton of Ocean Electrical, Dan Cleary, Karen Connolly and the one and only Pajo Flynn, who has uh, officially knocked Bowes resident poet off his perch. <laughs> Poetry from Pajo, I didn't see that coming. Poetry from Pajo, wow. He yeah. knocked it out of park, fair play Pajo, absolutely brilliant. And aside from how great the bomb was, very interesting choices. Borky, I wouldn't have guessed that, but when when he broke when he broke it down so eloquently in in uh, in rhyme, it <laughs> it makes sense that his movement is brilliant and he does work yeah. hard. But like I said before, with Pigo and and Borner or, or Jack Bourne and and Greener, it's hard to be noticed when everybody's playing so well. So mm. uh, Dean Williams, I I don't think we we vote him for scales and watts, but Williams he's played a bit. Scored his first goal in the league. Um, I think a bit more game time, and he would have been in it for me. But yeah, yeah, a lot of people went for Joey O'Brien as as the best interview, which was just cool. I liked how I think someone described it as very casual. That's exactly how it was. We yeah. were just it was the game was long over. I was just sitting beside him in the dugouts, and uh, it was a nice casual chat. Um, cup final plans. We'll talk a bit about that later. Um. It was kind of early in the week too, like the restrictions hadn't even been lifted yet, so it was kind of early discussions with, with fans about what we're going to do. It's a disaster uh, though, realistically, because the pubs yeah. don't know what they're going to do. The pubs mm. are still waiting on instructions, I think they got them by now, but they still have to get staff in, kegs, food, chefs, like the whole lot, and then they don't want to be shut down if they bring too many people in, and if they, there's no social distancing, people don't obey the rules... You're going to let in... Tw- what if you let 20 Rovers fans in? You know, it's... It's a mess. It really is a mess. It's a nightmare yeah. for everybody all around. But listen, it's, yeah. that's just from a selfish perspective where we just want to watch the game and that I know there's still a virus rampant in the country, yeah. but... It's good to hear people's thoughts as well on their experience of the year. Uh, like, the WAC would be in the stadium. Uh, Dan Cleary, he's on the PA. So they're talking more about how eerie it is inside, but everyone else is kind of like... I was interested to hear their own opinions on, you know, what's it like to watch in the stream and not be there and yeah, how much yeah. does it hurt? Because obviously it sucks. But um, no, it was cool to hear from ten different people there. About this Something season. we'll keep uh, 
yeah. who keep as a, a regular feature. Absolutely. So Jack Bourne, Pico Lopez and Danny Grant have been nominated for the League of Ireland Player of the Year and uh, to all worthy, all worthy of the of the nomination in my opinion. Dawson, Devoy, Danny Grant and Brandon Kavanagh nominated for the Young Player of the Year. I think so as well. Um, mm. Danny Grant is definitely going to pick that one up for me for Young Player of the Year. Brandon Kavanagh, yeah. I think because he's in the fourth division, he won't get it. But he's had a fantastic mm. season, scored some cracking goals and assists. Capo also nominated for First Division Player of the Year. Yeah, there you go. He could take that one home. Mm-hmm. But it's more than likely going to go to the champs. Someone from the champs, isn't it? So draw it. So Bowes and Robinson Bowes are after Georgie Kelly, according to the media. And this is something that I, I've never really seen much of him as regards to his football and ability. Because, and, and when I have seen him, he hasn't really done it for me. So I, I wouldn't be too pushed. On, on trying to get him in and uh, you wouldn't know it could be agents putting out these stories and trying to generate some sort of interest but I don't know what do you think yeah, I wouldn't be too harsh on him in this in this past team because the dog shit there was too much <laughs> there was too much expectations on him to score goals in the past team that hasn't scored goals now for two years they are really bad they're really bad this year and they've had a, a, rate, a rate of change as well they've lost two goalkeepers they're switching it up again so if we have Rory Gaffney fit next season though that we, then we have an option out the bench yeah, they don't necessarily know. need it he's been brilliant team. every time we saw him play in fairness we can't fault him mm-hmm. so A3 size 20, 21 Rovers calendars are now on sale 12 euro so um, these are these are always deadly because you get the market open write your fixtures on it and then write the results on it and then any significant dates ahead you get to put it on it so you don't miss a thing this is actually the the first club one in a few years I believe yeah it's been it's, a while it's been the junior hoops who have been doing the calendars uh, hopefully they do one as well we don't know if they are or not not too sure but hopefully the junior hoops am do. I right about that actually was there one last year no definitely it wasn't it wasn't a club one there was a junior hoops one because Glenn one, one of my wall there now is junior hoops yeah they popped that into yeah. us remember yeah. yeah excellent stuff um yeah, new training range and women's fit range also available. And I picked up one of the hats, the all black new era hats. And the second I saw this, I went straight to the website and bought it. It's like it's not a flat cap; it's regular cap. Stick it on your head. That's what you do with hats. <laughs> uh, it's just gorgeous. It's all black. The crest is black. Everything is black. It's a, like a blackout range, and the the whole range are actually it's actually really cool. So check those out. Women's fit range as well, nice and snug. When are the Robbers PJs with the, the back flap going to be on sale? <laughs> I'm asking for a friend. Is this for easy access for the bathroom or is it for something else, Prof? I'm asking for a friend, something. <laughs> yeah, your mate, is it? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, waiting for the arse flap. <laughs> Robbers pyjamas to come out. The club shop will be open every day mm. until Saturday. So, um, hats caps sale the whole yeah. the whole lot go down and get yourself something lovely from the rover shop I'll be heading down now as well for an old chat and a walk around the stadium might have to get me a green and white bubble hat as well yeah you'll um, have to get one for the old winter coming in prof can you believe I've never worn one of those you've never worn a bubble I've hat I've literally never put a bubble hat on my head oh a little, little bubble hat virgin in my entire life we're going to have to pop your cherry there prof they're crackers so. it's, it's cold enough now Plus, it's not much, as much hair in the head as it used to be. <laughs> so, it could be a good idea. Okay, so once again, another first on Tifties. And we've bridged the gap between here and Mordor. And we've invited on a Bowes fan. So, this is a interesting individual, to say the least. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to introduce you now. It's Sebastian Lapierre. So, we've another first on Tifties, Prof. And we have a Bowes fan on. 
Yes, we've done it. I think we've gone full circle at this stage. So we have a Bowes fan on. Sebastian, first of all, your thoughts on the FA Cup quarter final defeat at home to Dundalk? Oh, look, it was a bad performance on the day for sure. But listen, we'll take the positives. Benny Grant is a smashing player. And it was never a 4-1 game. That ball was out. Yeah, the ball was definitely out. And it wasn't, it wasn't a corner either. So, I mean, it was a, you've oh, had a bad run. Are you still going on about that? It's like a broken record. You talk more about Bowes in the semi-final than you did in the final, and that says it all. The big club. Yeah, listen, it's not like you ever went on about your run against us in previous years. That was, I mean, that was embarrassing. So, I mean, it's four in a row now. There's only one Stephen Bradley. Are you happy with your season? Of course. There is so much to be proud of. Keith Long and Trevor Crowley have done an amazing job, and I don't think they get the credit they deserve. The club is on the rise, and we've done it without any big investors like you guys. We're 100% fan-owned and in our 100th season in top-flight football. The only ever-present League of Ireland club. The only ever-present League of Ireland club. Bones are a cool thing in Dublin right now. Yeah, you're cool, but you're pretty much sacrificing trophies and silverware just to, to, be, to, to exist. So, I mean, you have six years under Key Long, just signed a new four-year deal, so... You want the participation oh, no, no, medal? No. Is it one of those things where you just want to have a medal for coming seventh? No. Look, we won the Leinster Senior Cup. Okay, I looked. I just looked it up on Wikipedia there, right? Some guy called Lopes scored in the final, and it says, I, I, I don't know, I'm only starting to get into football in the last year with Byron Holden, Arlo, and the boys. Until then, I used to collect rare ex-Soviet uh, era typewriters. <laughs> so typewriters that, that was your thing so yeah, yeah look, look look we're building something here right we we don't have the resources like you scum do Farquhar is listening in here right and he says I should call you guys the scum right winning isn't everything it's about your community it's ev- that's everything that's happening around Fibsborough I was recently named one of the it was it was recently named one of the coolest places in Dublin it even has a shopping centre. But even apart from all that, you're relatively new on the scene as well. If you were, if could you explain the offside rule to us? The offside rule. I mean, it's, it's much like you, you'd get. It's like a hail mary in NFL. You know, you line up your receivers and you see who's in front, who's behind, and then you just go for it. You just go for it. Two feet, go for it. <laughs> Use your two feet. Okay, listen. The the highlight, not the highlight. Well, in the, parallels, in parallels. The big you know, talking point. You use your feet in parallels. The big talking point. I, I I don't even know what to make of that. I mean, the big talking point of the season, I think, was the whole transfer saga of Danny Mandrew. So, what do you think is going to happen? Oh, the Mandalorian. Yeah, he he's handed in a transfer request, as far as we're concerned. Well, we didn't see that anywhere at all. Was that official? Well, he's or not followed Bose on Insta. Right, it's the same thing, really. So, so no more Shandon apples for from the Mandalorian. <laughs> uh, so the Aviva opened ten years ago. Um, have you ever seen the inside of it? Uh, yes, I have. As it happened, I was there to see the script with the guys. We went out a protest for the lack of diversity in their song lyrics. A man that can't be moved, really, in this day and age. What about he, she, them, us, they? They shall not be moved. That's what 
That's what I should have been singing about. But regardless, the FA have got what they wanted anyway. Another Rovers Dundalk final. You have this new hashtag now, the fix for 26 or whatever it is. Rovers are COVID-19 champions, but 2020 was the year of the bows. Everything we did, look at it. Qualified for Europe yet again. Women's national team, our highest membership ever, by the way. We stood by our squad fully. We built a Bose bus, a Bose bus. We sheltered a few refugees the other day. We saved the Irish Ryla Black Lagoon Beetle from extinction. We've achieved so much. But ultimately, you still didn't win any trophies, but isn't that what football is all about? Well, look, it's not over yet. I'm still harvesting my black caram tomatoes from Crimea. If the pubs open back up in a couple of weeks, Finton and the boys, we have a poetry night planned for the black uh, for the back page in D7, which I'll enjoy over a few pints of Beamish. Guys from Fontaine will be in the background. It's going to be very inclusive. We, we were very much at the centre of the 1920s anniversary, all blood on Bloody Sunday. Uh, there, were, there were both fans in Crow Park and on the streets of Dublin on that tragic afternoon. So we're going to celebrate that and we're going to, we're going to really, really feel the, the, the whole event, the whole sense of occasion. But what about didn't previously, I think a couple of weeks before that actual event, didn't Bowes house British soldiers with tea and crumpets? What? Just before the 19th, ain't that, that massacre itself? Weren't Bowes responsible? <laughs> That's what we're hearing. That's you official. Have the Rona or something. That's a load of bollocks. Pardon my French. Well, what's that all about? It's official. It happened. There's newspaper cutouts and everything. I refuse to believe it. Collusion. You're sleeping with the enemy even back then. No, I refuse to believe it. So, um, yeah. Once again, denial coming out of D7. Denial uh, is a river in Egypt, my friend. Denial is a river in Egypt. But you can't just rewrite history. I mean, it's a, it officially happened. Are you going to deny it? I don't know. I'll have to talk to the, the guys that um, uh, that brought me on board, you know, that, that know their stuff. Because you clearly don't. But listen, we, we're going to send you the link, so be prepared to uh, to, to grovel. Because um, it did, it did happen. But we're going to congratulate you, actually. Believe it or not, nearly getting through around in Europe. Send me the smile and wink. Send me the smile and wink. I, I, I'll investigate it. <laughs> I was. Uh, we're nearly going to congratulate you. There. I might as well take it back at this stage. But you got through around. Nearly got through around. Nearly being the main word. It's it's a buzzword around Daily Mount. Yeah, but uh, it's the effort. It's the efforts the guys leave on the fever pitch. You nearly challenged for the league, and you nearly reached the cup semi as well. So. Um, yeah, thanks for joining us. Well, I'd like to say it's been a pleasure, but it it hasn't really. Well, listen, it's uh, it's we we just we we remain the big club in Dublin, and that is the way it it looks like it's going to be for the next while. But you can enjoy participating, enjoy making pissy nettle water in Fisborough and reciting some poetry in the it's stands. It's beautiful. So. Excuse you, it's beautiful. Sebastian, do you, do you have anything to end with? I mean, considering they're quite um, they're quite the Tespians over in, in, in D7, can you give us anything? Uh, well, I have my good friend here who, who writes uh, in, in stanzas, and you will be amazed. You will be taken out of your stanza listening to this guy. Um, I'll just bring him in and check his levels. 
with no more desire for titles. Lord Lambert will not allow what on the pitch plays second fiddle to the streets where we call foul. Fanatical, ungrammatical about daily mounts, botanicals. Save the nobly leaves, willow trees, refugees, nice antiquities. No more interest in ballers. Just rare out in more street stallers. Sketch here's the guy that we should all be driving riders. But electric, eclectic, electric, round and round. This rare old town drags me down. We'll paint it brown. Like an old penny from heaven. Good old Dublin seven. Bang, bang, it does the round. But our ground is falling down. But it's kitsch. Scratch that hipster rich. Forget what happens on the pitch. Lambert's made this club his bitch. Well, thanks for that. Um, that was unexpected. But uh, yeah, so listen, Sebastian. It's um, hopefully we never see you and come across your path because you're an absolute villain. So that's it for today. Um, I'm saying to you with knobs on. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that uh, that was interesting. Hmm. Bellend. That's a good description, Sebastian. What a bellend. Also, two palms in one podcast. I know. Gar- it's a forced, another forced. What is happening to this show? I, I, I genuinely think like he's one of those guys. He would. He'd have like the three-legged greyhound. You know, he, the the rescue. No, I'm saying that's a bad thing, but you know, some of these people like to think that oh, I'm gonna rescue dog and then walk him around and show everybody <laughs> off. That type of thing. Uh, just wants to be alternative all the time. You know these Bulls fans. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I love the his description of the offside rule. That went down a treat, yeah. Nearly accurate. Nearly, uh, yeah, the parallels. They love the word nearly over there. The yeah, world. the parallels. So that's another forced. Once again, we are breaking down barriers and walls at Tifties. And uh, yeah, I think we're going to have to move on, prof. <laughs> so we're going to start with starting 11 and predictions. Okay, I have my starting 11 a long time now. I saw you put it in the chat and... I can't argue you with can't it. You can't argue with it. And the no. thing is as well, I thought, I, I, my big one was, are we going to, are we going to have the same one as last year? And that was a genuine thing. That could have happened. So, yeah, that shows how much stability we've had that we could theoretically do that. Yeah, I think so, yeah. I think, what I what did I, uh, so obviously I'm going for Manus and go the tree. I generally don't know what back three he's going to pick though. Yeah. I know, it's nuts. It's crazy. Like, I think he will go with your three. But I'm not sure. So I went with Joey, Pico and Scales. Mm. I think Scales a start. I think he deserves it. He's been monumental in every game. Can Grace come on and if we need him to do a job, of course he can and it's nothing against him. I just think Scales possibly deserves a starting spot because he's been so good this season. He's been a regular for the last few weeks. Yep. He's been absolutely brilliant. So I'm going to go Cabo on the left. Absolutely chuffed to see Cabo on the left. So happy. And considering... He did start the last one. He struggled. He came off with an injury. That's what it was, wasn't it? And then we had Ferrugia coming on in the last cup final. So, Finner on the right. Going to keep him on the right-hand side. I think he has to stay in there. Um, we're going to have Watts in the middle with Mac and F. We're going to have Bourne, Bork <coughs> and Greener, hopefully, who is coming back from injury. So, that is a strong, strong midfield. And options on the bench as well if you need it. But it's... Yep. I don't know. I think I was thinking of my predictions, and I I think both teams are going to score. Both teams are scoring. Rovers are going to win. 
but I'm going to say 3-1. I'm going to say 2-1, tight up until after 75 minutes, and we'll score a third. And I'm going to say Greener, after all the talk of him. Greener to open and the score. Jack and Pico. We're going to go with that. And some co- and a red card somewhere. For who? For Dundalk. For Pipo. Pipo for shadow coaching. Shadow coaching. Sent out of stadium. <laughs> People can't see at home. Every time you, you said shadow coaching, like, you've done this weird dance. <laughs> Once again, yeah. Well, shadow coaching. It's like, you know what I mean? Like, shadow it boxing. It looks like you're trapped in a glass box. Yeah, but you're a shadow coach and you're like, yeah, you're doing the pull. You're like, you're trying to pull the defender towards you. Like, yeah, 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 come, 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 come. Go, 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 go. So you're shadow coaching. Uh, yeah, I, I have the same team, yeah. And um, I'm going to say a 2 1 win after extra time. Oh, prof, I'm going to have to do. We are doing our golden goal, our weekly, matchly golden goal, and we are bumping it up to 10 euro cash prize. And we have C Blocks jersey signed for uh, to win. So there's a nice cash prize there. C Blocks jersey. And we're gonna, I'm going to have to go into extra time now and give the people extra minutes for our golden goal just in case. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's pro- it's proven to be very popular. But yeah, it's a it's, it's a nervy time, bro. I'm nervous now. The the build up is starting. The buzz is kicking off. I am. I'm, I'm not nervous. nervous at all. I'm, I'm confident though. It's the most confident that I've ever been against any Dundalk team ever. Bar when they were shy, when we were beating them seven 0 and things like that. I think this current team with the current players, they've they've been torn their side for years. I'm never ever confident going into a game against them for the first time in a long time. And I'm not, I'm not jinxing it. Just as how I feel, I feel confident going in that we're going to play well. And obviously, they will cause us problems. But I just think that we're going to be too well oiled. So when are we airing this show, Prof? Yeah, on Friday morning. Yeah, so the the team that he puts out, I think, kind of gives it... Like, what would you do? Would you you'd play a full-strength team? I think Brad's would as well. I think he's going to play full-strength in both games, yeah. I don't know, we had this discussion on our WhatsApp group, and it depends on your thoughts on the FAO Cup as a, as a trophy. I think it's the most prestigious ones you can win, and I think you have to put all your effort and focus into it. I think if he if he does play, I think if it's a full strength team, I'm not sure if he's picking it or not because they want the money that you can get 150k to to win a game. Mm-hmm. I think that's what you're looking at with that. But you'd want like you're talking about are they in Norway itself? Yep. So they're in Norway. Play the game Thursday night. Fly home straight away. Recoup on the recoup because this is what they were winning last time when we beat them four one. Recoup on the Friday. Home rest. Bit of a light training session on the Saturday and playing on the Sunday evening. So the turnaround is quite quick. They will whinge about it. Mm. So are they going to bring their whole squad and play a full squ- full strength team? Think of it like that. Looking for hundred. When you break it down like that, looking for hundred fifty thousand. They've lost fifty for Filippo's shadow coaching. Yeah. Do you want to do your shadow coaching? Shadow. I'm trapped in a glass box. Shadow coaching. here. Come, 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 come. Yeah, yeah. Go, go, go. But um, run the channels. Yeah. So Filippo shadow boxing. Brazder is banned. Uh, for the cup final, he was um. He's clearly pissed off about it because he said that what he said to the officials that night in Talca Park it's, it's heard up and down the country every week it's nothing particularly bad yeah, which I'm going to so he was giving out a tackle so I'm going to say ref that's a load of bollocks that's a red card fucking joke fucking send them off fucking pressure pressure now uh, that that's pretty much it that's pretty much why he and to get a three match ban and a cup final it's, it's bound to be that a couple of courses and a bit of criticism over his decision to not send someone off it's way over the top yeah totally but now we're the FAI's love child and they mm. uh, were in cahoots with them and collusion to win the cup fixed for 26 fixed for 26 <laughs> but uh, we asked people 
in our in our voice messages thing there, like their plans for the cup final. Um, uh, it's gonna be so different, not just because there's no fans like allowed in the Viva, but we're not even all together. We're scattered throughout different pubs in Dublin. So it's gonna be it's gonna be strange. Yeah, it's a disaster, really. Realistically, mm-hmm. like it's it's so hard to come to terms with what that we're all gonna be apart and celebrating. And in, well, Jesus, celebrate if we do get get to bring the cup home, we'll be celebrating apart, and it won't be the same as last time to the Abo, to the Terrain Yore, mm-hmm. to everywhere to to just celebrate like madmen. But it's unfortunately it's not gonna be happening like that. But we will mm-hmm. we will make up for it somehow in the new year. Our our pals the four probs unfortunately will not be opening this Christmas. Um, you can you can Google them. You can get all their beer online if you want. But they will be looking after us, and we will be partnering up with them for plenty of live shows in the new year when they do open. As they're a wet pub, but um, do look out for all that in the coming future. So I saw at the game on Sunday. I said to him, "No white horse this year, Ed." No, unfortunately not. It's a sad thing because the march is epic in itself. You know, it's one of the most anticipated things yeah. of the, the whole day. Yeah, but, it's uh, going to be yeah. very different. But uh, yeah, Rob Harvey is ref for this. Strange one. Was that um, mean to you? Didn't think he had that good of a season whenever he refed us. I think Paul McLaughlin probably would have got it, but has there anyone ever got two years in a row? I'm not sure. He has a dodgy decision in him. He has controversies in him. Which one's going to show up both seasons to get holder? Rob Harvey or neutral ref Rob Harvey? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to say the least, but I'm confident that we can overcome any sort of dodgy refereeing decisions and beat Dundalk on the day. So, uh, yeah, I'm really confident. Really confident, but obviously nerves are kicking in now as well because they always do. But that is pretty much it for this week, Prof. Like we, you said, you you were saying you're nervous, but <sighs> I'm not really. I'm confident in them. You know what I mean. You feel up and yeah. down. You're up and down with your emotions. I'm on the same page with you. Like I think we're going to play well. Uh, we're not going to sit here and say after the if if we weren't if we didn't win, we're not going to come out here next week and say ah, I didn't fancy anyway. Yeah, like, we want this double. We really want to. We're really disappointed if we don't do it. Put it that way. Great quote from Barney. Like we have them under our feet now. Foot, foot on the neck. Yeah. We have, no, actually, yeah. fuck Barney. <laughs> we don't want them to get that lift that we got last year from winning the cup. That's it. That's it. We uh, don't want that at all. But no, I'm, like I'm pretty confident. I think we're gonna win. Unbeaten <laughs> uh, double, nineteen twenty-five. All that. Let's hope we send them crashing and burning. Yeah. So. Before we go, a very important message for our goalkeeper, our hero, Alan Manis, Big Al, if you're listening, you face whatever fucking way you want on Sunday. The rock at the back that is Big Al. He, we will be forever supporting Big Al and whatever he chooses to do. So that is pretty much it for this week, Prof. We, let's hope that we can all raise a glass to the 26 and bring home the silverware. So that is it for this week. Keep in touch and hopefully we'll be celebrating our 26th Cup this Sunday. Keep on hoping. See ya. The inches we need are everywhere around us. They're in every break of the game, every minute, every second. On this team, we fight for that itch. On this team, we tear ourselves and everyone else around us to pieces for that itch. We claw with our fingernails for that itch. Because we know when we add up all those inches, that's going to make the fucking difference between winning and losing.